Welcome to Two Book Minimum, because life's too short to read one book at a time. I'm Monica Fumarolo. Part of being a librarian or book lover that is both hilarious and occasionally frustrating is when it feels like so many books have similar titles, and almost every genre is guilty of doing this. The Girl on the Train, The Woman in White, The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. It can make anyone's brain spin. But I actually love the challenge of talking to others and being like, hold on, wait a minute, did you mean that one? The comedy comes when you have books that are nothing alike, yet titles are very similar. I'll never forget the first high school I worked at when a teacher came in and she asked if we had Fifty Shades of Grey. Of course I said no, and I tried to sell her on Between Shades of Grey, a YA historical fiction novel by Ruta Septis instead. Talk about incredibly different contents. So today in this episode, I'm celebrating that and putting the spotlight on two books which have very similar titles and both play with elements of the spiritual and fantastical, but they go in incredibly different directions. I'll be sharing my thoughts on The Enchanted Hacienda by J.C. Cervantes, but first up is The Hacienda by Isabel Cañas. I was a longtime follower of Isabel Cañas online before her debut novel, The Hacienda, came out from Berkeley in 2022. I can't recall how she ended up in my Instagram feed, but the things she would post, sharing snippets of this story along with a behind-the-scenes look as she worked on her PhD at the University of Chicago at the same time, were always interesting. She became someone online who I was rooting for, and by the time her book finally hit shelves, I'd felt like I had been on this journey for so long that of course I had to see it through. Horror is decidedly not my genre of choice. I am, self-admittedly, a scaredy cat. But this book is atmospheric as hell and lush and rich, and that's what made a great horror story to me. I guess really what I don't go for is blood and guts, but this gets you in your bones, in your feelings, in what's just lurking in the shadows or right out of sight. The war for Mexican independence is raging, and when the government is overthrown and Beatriz's father is killed, her world is turned upside down. Against the advice of her mother, she accepts a proposal and marries Don Rodolfo Solanzaro, willfully ignoring the rumors surrounding his first wife if it means she'll have a home in the country of her own, far from the devastation of the city. Only when she arrives at the hacienda, safety and security isn't what she finds. There's seclusion, sure. The compound is about as isolated as is possible, and it's not like the household is warm to welcoming a new mistress and an outsider at that. But it's not just the people that are cold. They're leaving her in the literal and metaphorical dark. Rodolfo leaves Beatrice alone here in this big house with even bigger questions. Like, why won't anyone tell her what happened to the first wife? What are those voices? Why does the cook burn incense and Rodolfo's sister refuse to be in the house at night? And can Padre Andres, the young, new, mysterious, and incredibly hot priest with a talent for witchcraft, be the one who can actually help her? I am so, so glad I read this, and my only word of warning is that if you are easily spooked, don't read it after dark. I am very much looking forward to Kanye's sophomore novel, Vampires of El Norte, which will be coming out in August 2023. 
If you are in the market for a supernaturally infused tale on the lighter side with plenty of swoony romance and deep familial love, look no further than The Enchanted Hacienda by J.C. Cervantes, which was published by Park Row in 2023. I inhaled this book, and I adored every single second of it. Harlow was born into a family of women gifted with magic aligned with flowers, their hidden-away family farm mixing up botanical blooms to meet all kinds of problems. Everyone, that is, except Harlow. She's the only one not named after a flower and whom the magic has seemingly passed over. At least she has her dream job in New York City, even if it is a far cry from the fantastical floral hacienda that is her family's homestead in Mexico. But when Harlow is suddenly fired and her boyfriend is about as caring as a piece of soggy cardboard, it's time for our distressed damsel to come back to her roots. A chance meeting with the charming stranger Ben and helping out an old family friend sets off a series of events into motion that has Harlow wondering if her role in the family is as clear-cut as she originally thought, and is there more to Ben than meets the eye. I adored how grounded this family was, how Harlow and Ben felt like real people. The slow burn here was delicious, and the tension could be cut with a knife. But really, the magic and mishaps of this story carried just as much weight as the romance. Simply put, I already cannot wait to read this one again. And that's the story for now. I'm currently reading The Rule of One by Ashley and Leslie Saunders. And until next time, happy reading.